0: Today's preaching passage is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31, which is the end of the chapter. So I encourage you to listen as this is read out and then keep your Bibles open as we study it together. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body... which are more presentable parts, do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. This is God's word. Amen. You may be seated. The human body is one of, if not the most amazing thing in the entire world, isn't it? The way the different parts of the body work together, the way the different systems of the body function together, it's simply incredible. So this week I did a little bit of research about the human body and found some amazing facts. The internet is an amazing place. I learned that the human body has 206 bones. Apparently, we're born with about 300 of them, but as we grow from smaller children into bigger children, some of those bones fuse together, and so as adults, we end up with 206. Who would have thought? The human body also has somewhere between 650 and 700 different muscles. I don't know why the variation. That's what I learned. Some of these are really big and strong, like our arms or our legs or our back, but some of them are really small and nimble, like the ones that control our facial expressions or our fingers and our toes. All in all, the body also has about 200 different types of cells in it, blood cells, skin cells, neurons, all sorts of different things. And scientists estimate that on average, the human body has somewhere around 30 trillion individual cells in it. That's a 30 with 12 zeros after it. But of course, the most amazing thing about the human body is not that it has all these different things, but it's how all these different parts work together. They're each vital pieces of the body. One body, many parts the body is of course the image that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 12 about the church. He's writing to the church in Corinth, these Christians who were also a very gifted congregation. In chapter 1 verses 5 to 7, Paul says he thanks God that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge so that you are not lacking in any gift. They were gifted beyond belief. They had it all. Preachers and teachers, leaders, administrators. As far as the amount of gifting they had in their church, they were set up for success. They also had problems in their church. In fact, that's why the, the letter was being written to them by Paul. Their elite spiritual giftedness had not yet been accompanied by the deep spiritual maturity that they needed to have. There were divisions in the church. There were issues of sexual immorality. There were arguments between church members. There were even major issues about the way they were participating in the Lord's Supper. There were also issues regarding spiritual gifts. Specifically, there were some people who were valuing certain spiritual gifts over others in order to benefit themselves and not to benefit the body. Paul says, no, that's not what spiritual gifts are for. Because in fact, spiritual gifts of whatever kind are given by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of building up the church. Because there are at least two things Paul wants to make crystal clear to the church in Corinth. First, every single Christian has some sort of spiritual gifting from God. And second, those spiritual gifts are not to be used for selfish gain but for the good of the body. Chapter 12 verse 7, to each is given a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. It's an amazing teaching that somehow some way every believer has been gifted by God with some sort of of spiritual gift, a competency, a specialty, a uniqueness, a natural ability, a gifting, something for the building up of the church. Every gifting from God, every member vital, so that the church might be built up. So as we come to our text this morning, verses twelve to thirty one, Paul fleshes this out by using the image of the body and what this means for the life of the church. And he says this, since you are the body of Christ, use your gifts to build up the body of Christ. So what does it look like for us to recognize ourselves and each other as the body of Christ and also to use the gifts God has given us for the body of Christ? Let's dive in together. Our passage begins in verse 12. For just... As the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, I have, of course, only one body. It's probably a good thing. But my body has many different members, different parts to it. I have a right hand and a left hand, eyes and ears and a mouth and knees and feet and toes. I have one body. And my body has many different parts to it. And Paul says, that's what it's like with Christ and with his church, the body of Christ. The church is one. It's together. It's unified. But there are many different members. Think of college church as our local church. We are one church, but there are Many different parts to it. There's kids' harbor, middle school ministry, high school ministry, adult communities, stars ministry. We could go on and on. And even in each one of those various ministries, they're they're really made up of individual people. That's what it is in the end. There are many different people within college church, but we're one church. Because everyone who is in Christ is in the body of Christ because we share the same Holy Spirit. That's the reasoning Paul uses in verse 13. All Christians are in one body because all Christians have the Holy Spirit, have been given spiritual life, regeneration by the Holy Spirit. And every Christian participates in the fellowship of the Spirit. Many different individuals brought together in one body. And so verse 14 The body does not consist of one member, but of many. The body has many different parts. And actually, a defining mark of the church is that we are one church with many different members. Not one, but many. I really enjoy doing jigsaw puzzles, and I'm actually obsessed with them. It's a weird trait of mine. Um, I'm normally a a get-up-early, go-to-bed-early kind of person. That's how I'm wired. But if I have a jigsaw puzzle in front of me on the table, I can stay up way too late into the night unless I exercise some sort of extreme self-restraint. Because with a puzzle, no two pieces are exactly alike. They each have their own place that they fit. Some are edge pieces. Some are middle pieces, some have one or two knobs on the sides, some have knobs on all four sides, some don't have any knobs at all, and each piece has different colors or pieces of a whole image on it. No two pieces are alike. And it's only when each one of those thousand pieces is put together do we see the whole picture. Many pieces, one puzzle. One puzzle Many pieces. Many members, one body. One body. Many members. It would be a mistake for us to think that in order to be a part of the body of Christ, we all have to be the exact same kind of person. In fact, that's precisely not how it is with the body of Christ. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. There's not a certain type of, of person that you need to be in order to be in the body of Christ. The church is one, unity, yes. But unity does not mean uniformity. What we need to continue to look to again and again and again is Christ. If someone is in Christ, then they are in the body of Christ. We may be different from each other in many different external ways, Many external giftings even, but for all of us who are in Christ, we are the body of Christ, full stop. The body does not consist of one member, but of many unity, not uniformity. It's a defining mark of the church, the body of Christ. But then as we continue in our passage, starting in verse 15, the point begins to get driven home a little bit more. Verses 15 to 20 speak to those who don't feel as though they are quite as gifted as others in the church. To those who feel like they don't quite belong in the body because they don't have the same kind of gifts as the other people around them. And the message in verses 15 to 20 is this, don't write yourself off. You are an important part of the body. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Or if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Not a part of the body. (laughs) It's a body part. Of course it's part of the body. Nothing could be further from the truth. Without ears, we couldn't hear And without a nose, we definitely couldn't smell. If the body were all the same part, then it wouldn't even be a body at all. Imagine a body completely made up of eyes. Or a whole body made up of ears. Number one, that would be a little weird. But also, not very useful. And not a body at all. Verse 17 If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? And then verse 19, If all were a single member, where would the body be? If each one of us was the same, we would not even be a body at all. Your gifts, your abilities, your competencies The gifts that you have been given by God for the good of the church, each one of them is needed. And even in verse 18, we see that this is, in fact, how God has chosen to do it. What a wonderful thing. One body, many different members. One church, many different gifts. Some of us here are very gifted in teaching the gospel to children, Some have a deep compassion for the hurting and broken. Some are amazing listeners. Others, dynamic truth-tellers. And others yet are those wonderful people who love to get their hands dirty and serve behind the scenes in ways that no one else would even see. The list could go on and on. Because we're not all the same. And that's a good thing. But we share in Christ. And so we are one body with many members. To go back to jigsaw puzzles, I've seen these ads online for jigsaw puzzles that are a thousand pieces and they're completely black. One puzzle, no variation, a thousand pieces, every piece looks exactly the same. And the goal is just to make a big black sheet of puzzle pieces. And that sounds like a nightmare, doesn't it? (laughs) Every piece is essentially the same and essentially indistinguishable from all the others. Is that even really a puzzle at all? With the church, though, God has gifted each person in various gifts in his wisdom. Teaching, listening, helping, leading, serving, speaking, different gifts given to different people just as he chose so that the body might be whole. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't feel like an important part of the body. I'm not a hand, I'm not an eye, or something important like that. I'm not even an ear or a foot. My gifts don't make a big difference. I'm not really needed. not a hand or an eye, or even a foot. I'm really just a toe. Well, I spent some time this week researching toes on the internet. The joys of ministry, right? <laughs> here are a few things I learned about toes this week. By God's design, toes are one of the primary shock absorbers your body has when you walk or you run. They're the initial way your body absorbs the force of impact of coming in contact with the ground. And a single joint on your big toe can carry up to 60% of the weight of your body in a single stride. Also by God's design, toes are key for stability. When toes are working well and aligned as they should be, there's far less stress on the muscles and tendons of the foot and the ankle, and it makes our whole body less susceptible to injury or getting hurt. Toes are important. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, or if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, or if a toe should say, I'm just a toe. Toe. I'm not that important to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. Because as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as He chose. There is a deep value and dignity in each and every member of the body of Christ. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. He knew you before the foundations of the world and he knit you together in your mother's womb. God does not look at you and wish that you had different gifts than you have. He does not look at you and wish you had something different to offer his church. College church, no matter how God has gifted you, no matter what part of the body you are, eyes, ears, mouth, nose, even toes. You are a vital part of the body. We shouldn't be envious of the gifts that God has given someone else. If only I was a little more extroverted and gifted in conversation, then maybe I would be more a part of the church. Not true. (laughs) Maybe you look at yourself and at others and you think, I'm not that, I'm not that, and I'm definitely not that, Maybe you don't feel like you fit the college church mold. To be honest, I'm not even sure what the college church mold is other than somebody who wants to take that one step closer to Christ. So whether you've been a Christian for 70 years or seven days, God has given you some sort of gifting that is completely necessary to his church and you are a vital part of the body of Christ. And maybe you're here today and you're not yet a Christian. I'm glad you're here. You are so welcome here. Because college church is not a place for people who have achieved some sort of status or have a certain set of gifts or abilities. Rather, it's a place for people who want to take another step toward Christ. Maybe that's why you've come this morning to explore Christianity, to seek after Christ. To learn about him, well, my hope and prayer is that this morning you may come to him and accept him as Lord and Savior and find the spiritual life that is in Christ alone. If you're in Christ, you are in the body of Christ. You can't say you don't belong or don't measure up. Don't write yourself off. You are an important part of the body of Christ because there is one body in many different parts. So we can't write ourselves off. Each member is an important part of the body. But then in verses 21 to 26, the passage turns to those who know that they're gifted, who feel like they have amazing gifts, whose gifts are admired. And the message to those people in verses 21 to 26 is this no one can write others off. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Let that sink in for a second, that image. Different parts of the body, looking at other parts of the body and excluding them because they're different than they are. I'm an eye, you're a hand, so I don't need you. I'm a head, you're a foot, so I don't need you. It's ridiculous. And Paul's saying it's the same way with the church. It should be unthinkable to look at someone else and see the ways God has gifted them and to say, I don't need you. It would be unthinkable to look at them and look down on them because they don't have the same gifts that you do. And in fact, the way the church operates is the exact opposite. Look at verse 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. We can't be so proud of our own gifts that we look at someone else who's gifted differently and say, I don't need that. We never think much of our toes until we stub them on a table leg and realize just how much a part of our body they are. No, we can't write others off. In fact, the whole point of having different gifts, is that we would be united, not separated, but united into one body to care for each other as the body. Verse 24, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. The very fact that we are one body with many different members is in order that we might come together in unity, to care for one another, to suffer with one another, to rejoice with one another. Not subdividing from each other, but coming together with our various gifts and building up the church with them. Because that's what Paul's driving to. In verse 27 and following, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it in our different and diverse giftings and abilities, in all of our various backgrounds and strengths. And precisely because of these things, together we make up the body of Christ. And so in verses 28 to 30, Paul lists off various gifts that God's given given to people. Not to rank them. That would be the opposite of everything he's just said. It's also not meant to be an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts that are there. Rather, the goal is to remind us that no one person has all the gifts. Individually, we are members of a body working together to build up the body. So verse 31 concludes the chapter with an exhortation. Earnestly desire the higher gifts and pursue the more excellent way, which of course, as we see in chapter 13, is the way of love. The higher gifts, the greater gifts. They're not certain gifts over others. They're the gifts that are used of any kind, the gifts that are used out of a desire to build up the body in love. That's the greater gift. To give of yourself. For the good of others. So, how might God be calling you to use your gifts to build up the body of Christ? In the coming year, how might He be leading you into greater unity into the body of Christ? Is it teaching children? Is it serving on our facilities team? Is it mentoring another person? Is it volunteering in a certain place in the church? Is it encouraging people that you see on Sunday mornings? How might God be, using, be leading you to use your gifts in the coming year? Or maybe you're wondering what your gifts even are. I would encourage you with this. Talk to a mentor or a pastor or a friend who knows you well and ask them, how they see God gifting you. Sometimes the things that are closest to us are the hardest things to see because we can't get a good angle to look at them. And sometimes the things that are most natural to us don't seem like gifts at all, even though they indeed are. So ask someone, how do you think God has gifted me to build up his church? Because we are the body of Christ. And we can't write ourselves off, nor can we write others off, because we have a Savior who hasn't written us off. He gave himself for the good of the body. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross for us. He made himself dispensable so that weak people like you and me might be called indispensable. He willingly was dishonored so that unpresentable parts like you and me might be honored. Maybe you've decided that you're dispensable to the body of Christ. You're not. Jesus doesn't think so. Maybe you think you're just too unpresentable to be a part of the body of Christ. You're not. Jesus doesn't think so. Maybe you feel that you're too weak to be necessary to the body of Christ. You're not. Jesus doesn't think so. He has determined that you are accepted and valued and loved at the cross. And in fact, it's even in our weakness that the power of God is most clearly seen. What a wonderful reality that we belong to Christ, that we belong to each other, that we are the body of Christ. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you have welcomed us in through the work of Christ on the cross for us. And we pray that as we go forward this week that we would not write ourselves off nor write others off, but rather use the gifts that you've given us to build up the body of Christ. And we need your strength for that. So we ask for that help in Jesus' name. Amen.